Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Punnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. And Elizabeth, it's not often that we start with an article from Us Weekly. Well, today's the day. Let's bring it on. I just have to read this to you because it made me smile to think that David Beckham is a nester. He's a nester. He's one of us. We should get him as a guest on the podcast. Oh, wouldn't that be fabulous? So here's the story. The headline is David Beckham writes lunchbox note to a-hole Victoria Beckham come home happier. In quotes. In quotes. So here I'm going to read you the story from uh, Us Weekly. Victoria Beckham posted a photo of the message via her Instagram story on Wednesday Enjoy lunch, a-hole, the retired soccer star, 46, quipped in the handwritten note. Come home happier. For good measure, he added a smiley face to ensure the intention behind the gesture was clear. David signed the scrap of paper, which was attached to the outside of a plastic container. Lots of love. You know who. And then Victoria Beckham put on the Instagram story, even when I'm grumpy, he looks after me. Thank you for my lunch at David Beckham. And I just love that because I thought, to me, that little – there's so many rumors about their marriage and their marriage is none of my business. But right there, I look at that and I say, healthy marriage. Yeah. Healthy marriage. They can joke each other out of whatever bad space they're in. And quite frankly, that's the sign of a marriage that will last is that if if somebody's being an a-hole or grumpy, that they can have a sense of humor about the fact that their partner's calling them out on it. It's so funny because just this morning I was talking to Jay and I was like, oh, do your undies feel less bunched up than yesterday? Because <laughs> he walked in the door last night and he just was like, well, this is annoying and blah, blah, and blah, and you need to ask me about this and blah, blah, blah. And at one point I was like, sorry. And he goes, no, you're not. And I was like, you're right. Sorry, not Sorry. <laughs> And then I was just like, I got to be done with you. And so like I took the little kids or the big kids to swimming lessons, came home. He tried to like get out of the funk a little bit and then just wasn't having it. And then he left and to go meet somebody. I went to bed early. And and then this morning when I talked to him, I was like, okay, how are your undies bunched up? And then there was this errand that I needed him to run. I needed him to return something. It was actually a gift for him for Christmas that didn't end up working. And so I did not, like, I just don't have time to run these errands. And so I said, you know what? I need you to return this. Like, you can return it and just put the money back on my credit card. (laughs) Just return it. And then he texted me later and was like, returned the coat. And I could, that's, that's like the, um. The mea culpa, you know, right. the like, okay, um, so I'm on I the am team. sorry. And I'm My on undies the team. were bunched. I was all worked up. <laughs> and now I am doing something for you that I know is on your plate that's annoying you that you don't want to go and do. And then now we feel 
better. But it was right. very funny. But it is true. Like the laughing about it. The undies bunched one is really classic. That's- like I'll just be like, how do your underwear feel right now? Like do you feel <laughs> uncomfortable is it like did you put on one size too small are these like what's happening like do they do you need to just adjust them right because something's wrong something's wrong because like oh my gosh how can you be having this strong of a reaction to all these things but i mean i think we all know when our partners are annoyed i mean i i definitely know when ian is and generally he'll get super quiet oh Um, and he'll just he'll just get quiet and he'll He's like a of, silent stewer. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. And I don't even know like stew is probably even too strong a word. He just yeah. removes himself. Oh. And he'll remember I there's a part of me, if I'm if I'm perfectly honest, that I wish he were kind of a stewer. Because sometimes stewers just like stew on it and then let it go. Yeah. With us, it'll get communicated about at some point, which I don't honestly always love. I mean, sometimes I just wish we didn't have to communicate about everything. Yeah. And then sort it out and then come to some sort of conclusion where we're both comfortable. It takes a lot of time. Yeah. But it's it probably does. why we've been married 37 years, but it takes a lot of time. And it it's is not. Lot, that's a lot of effort. Jay's really good. Jay like lets things go. Yeah. He lets it go and then he moves on where I will hold on to things more. Yeah. And I think seeing how he can just let things go is probably good. I think it might come from like the athlete background where like if you have a bad game or you lose or something, you just let it, you know, you just let it go. I mean, otherwise it's just going to sit there and eat at you and you're going to analyze what you did wrong and what you didn't and what could have gone differently and all this stuff. And it's like, instead just kind of work out what you can and then just let it go. There's another game. There's always another game. There's always always another fight to have on the ice and off. I say game. And that's become the euphemism for fight. I like that. I like that. But I was thinking about, so I I said, so I know, and it took me a lot of years to get to understand, to just back off. And so all usually, if I, if he needs to get out of a, of a place, whether it's, it's not always me. I mean, whether it's work or whatever, it's just space, like just give him space and he'll usually work it out. I'm a little bit different because I'm, when I'm frustrated or angry, I'm super verbal. Yeah. And so big surprise. <laughs> and so he was funny. I asked him this morning, I said, how do you change my mood? Like, what are your go-to strategies? And he said, generally he'll consider it like two things. He'll, he'll one, and it's funny that he said that this morning, he'll, he'll try and give me a change of space. So if he like calls me from work or something and he can tell that I'm agitated or there's a problem, he'll just call and he'll be like, Hey, you want to go for a drive? Oh, yeah. And he said he kind of thinks he kind of thinks of it, and I take this with a sense of humor, so nobody get mad on my behalf. He said he kind of thinks of it like a dog with their head out the window. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me feel good. So that's good though, and yeah. it just helps you be like present. Yep. And feeling like air moving is good. Yep. yep. All so of that I think is really good. That's very funny. <laughs> that's one go-to strategy. And then his other was ministry of presence, which is very much true, where he'll sort of let me vent. And even if – and there's only so far he'll let me go. As he put it, he'll endure a couple of sparky comments, and then the, and then that'll be that. But he'll <laughs> let me sort of vent and just be in it with me. Mm-hmm. And and I I do know that's true, and I also know when I cross the line on that, and that and that there's no 
Like there's no, and we have fewer fights than we used to, thank goodness, because I know in my younger years, like I, I was not very good at self-soothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we talk yeah. about that with children, but right. I think we all know adults who cannot self, they can't self-soothe. It's called and, emotional regulation when you get to be an adult. Okay. Like you can't <laughs> self-regulate your emotions. If you can't tell, I'm in regular therapy. I would love to be able to share these nuggets with you because I'm paying top dollar for them. And so I feel... As if I might as well pass on some of the wisdom. Yes, that is a thing. I love that I'm still stuck in the baby verbiage. Right. Self. Okay, so emotional regulation. It's emotional regulation. And it becomes very difficult to develop a good sense of adult emotional regulation if you weren't modeled that as a child. Right. So if you didn't get that or, or it can be if you just never learned or if people sort of just tolerated your kind of like outbursts and mood things. Right. I mean, and this is something like lots of people, I think you have to like work on emotional regulation, just like you have to work on boundaries. It's, it's the lifelong learning process. Let's hope it. Oh my God, please don't make it lifelong. (laughs) It is. It's exhausting. All this stuff goes on until you die. I'm just going to tell you that, that that's the way it goes. It's like, I'm going to, you have to think about like what you're going to make for dinner or what you're going to eat or like what you're going to wear until you die. It's just, and then at the end, you can just feel like this sweet sense of relief of like, I think the freedom of death must be so wonderful in terms of not making any decisions anymore, like not making, having to make any more decisions. Oh my God. Decision fatigue. Like Elizabeth, if a therapist is listening to this, I know. I hope my therapist listens. She's so great. They might think you're a bit on the edge. Well, she's just going to say, we're going to need to book another appointment. Book another appointment. But I would say to you that I, and part of this is, influenced by having cared for my mother last year. Yeah. That in some cases death can't be a relief. Like I I I wholly I wholly agree with you in that sense in terms of fatigue. Right. I, this sounds terrible. Actually this sounds terrible. I, I understand your point very much. I, I don't know a lot of people do. I mean it's a lot of I I do feel like sometimes, especially when Whatever situation you're in, I mean, I come at it from my personal perspective, which is I have a job and then I have some other jobs and then I have a (laughs) husband and I have three little children. I just have a lot of tasks. Like I can never get ahead of the tasks. Yeah. Even when I have done things like I have hired help, like I have help to do things. I have delegated things to Jay. It doesn't matter. Like this spinning wheel of constant tasks is always there. And so it's not really about feeling like, I mean, talk about like what puts you in a bad mood. This is the stuff that gets me in a bad mood when I'm just like overwhelmed. And so that's why Jay knows like the quickest way to help get me out of a bad mood is to do something for me. Right. Like, or do something collectively for everyone. The other day on Sunday, I was like, I um I have been making more time to work out and and then you know I'm just like obsessed with my sauna, my sauna that I love to sit yes. in, which is like my saving grace. It's just like the greatest thing that's ever been purchased. So in the basement and you know I want to make my whole house into a wellness center. So we have a Peloton in the basement that we've had for many years and then we have the sauna, which is the newer addition. And so on Sunday I was just like I looked around the house and it was just like it was a bleep show. I mean, there was just yeah. stuff everywhere. I was, it's like, 
I just toys. It's like all I do right. is like Chaos. pick stuff up and then make somebody wants a snack and then it's a mess again. And I was just like, oh my gosh. So I was like, I am going downstairs and I am going to do a workout and then I don't, and I don't know what else I'm going to do. And I was like, but I need this level of this home to be picked up right. by the time I get back up here. Like it's just got to happen. I cannot come up here and have to pick this up. And so then Jay, like, you know, rallied the troops and they all like cleaned it up and I went down there. I did a workout. I got in the sauna for 30 minutes. It was like amazing. And I came up and the whole kitchen, living room, playroom was clean. Yep. And I was like, now that is how I am out of a bad mood and how I don't feel like the walls are closing in on me anymore. Yeah. When the, um, I can't remember who wrote the book, the love languages book. I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But one of the love languages is service. Acts of service. Acts of service. And Ian totally knows that that is one of my love languages. Mm-hmm. Unloading and loading the dishwasher Big one. is one of the sexiest things anybody <laughs> can do for me. Yeah. <laughs> that is my love language. Cause it's just, it's when you go back to that idea of tasks every day. Now, obviously my kids are gone and so I am freer than I, I have ever been, but I, I can reach back and remember. I mean, that is, that's the hardest part. The day in and day out of motherhood is so incredibly, especially, especially, and I say this when you're working outside of the home, it's, it's really, really hard. And I think we don't, most people don't know it until you're in it because you can't quite imagine what it feels like to have, you have three children. I had two children. Their lives were constant spinning plates in my head. Yeah. Constant. So I had my own life to contend with and then theirs. And I'm not complaining. It just is. And it's hard sometimes. I mean, especially if your kids have health issues, that's just another layer upon everything else. And I watched a movie on the on the plane coming home because there's been so much press about it. And I, I would encourage you when you're in the right mood or any mom who's struggling to watch it because it's a very interesting exploration of of motherhood called The Lost Daughter. Have you read anything about this no, yet? No, I don't know what this is. So it's a movie. You, you know who Maggie Gyllenhaal is, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yes. so it's her first directorial effort. Oh, I saw her do an interview about this, but I don't know anything about what the movie is. Yeah, so she wrote the screenplay. It was a, I think it was a best-selling book. I did not read the book, but I saw so much press about it. And I saw one little clip from Maggie Gyllenhaal where she said that women are responding to this movie, particularly a scene where the young mother is lying on the floor sort of begging for sleep, like just saying, like, I'm just going to take a nap. Like, just I'm just going to go sleep for like 10 minutes as her kids are like playing around her head. Mm -hmm. But it's so much deeper than that. It stars um, Dakota Johnson, um, Olivia Coleman. I mean, it's an incredible cast. It's it's a really it's a really it's a really great exploration of the difficulty of trying to maintain your own identity while also trying to raise children and sustain a marriage where a partner may not be as helpful as they could be, mostly because they don't understand the role of mother. Yeah. So, but it it does it so delicately. I mean, it really is a beautiful movie. Not the happiest movie on the face of the earth. (laughs) It's a little depressing, quite frankly. (laughs) But, but I think it's a, it, it, it so clearly is driven by a woman's hand. Like there is no man that could have directed and written this movie. None. 
Oh, I got to see that. It's called The Lost Daughter. It's called The Lost Daughter. It's on Netflix. And that's one of those things where you look at Jay and you look at the kids and you say, okay, house is messy again. I'm going to go away for an hour and 58 minutes. Yes. When I come back, <laughs> yes. I to be sparkling. Um, but it's it, it goes back to, again, why people come home in moods or why you are in a mood and why it's so important that your partner know how to deal with that because it's going to happen. Yeah, I think happen. so too. I think also having... I mean, this is something that I, in all seriousness, I've worked on with my therapist with a lot, a lot about boundaries, like boundaries in all sorts of areas, because I had found, and I, you know, I've talked about this before that my boundaries were getting like a little wonky right? and I was just really at its core, I was taking on too much of other people's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't have a strong enough boundary for a while to like just be able to recognize, oh, that's their thing that they need to figure out. And then I can react in a different way. So I was doing that in work. I was doing that in my marriage. I was, I mean, I was kind of even doing that with my kids. Like it was just, I just had loose boundaries. And so a lot of what I've been working on is just like tightening those things up so that I can go even with like colleagues where it would be like this, there would be some sort of like, issue. And then I would take it on as like, well, they don't understand. This is what I'm doing and blah, 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 and blah, blah. blah. And this is what I was thinking. And like my mind was just constantly spinning with all of these reactions to stuff. And so my therapist was, she was so interesting. She's like, you know, a lot of times we think our thoughts, we have so many thoughts. We think our thoughts are all facts. Our thoughts are not all facts. Oh, I love that. And it was so good because it was just so like, oh my gosh, Our thoughts are not all facts. So when you can recognize that, you can step away from it a little bit. And then also when you can go, oh, that's their stuff. Right. So he's coming in with his stuff of whatever he was like irritated about that it caused him to go like blah, blah, blah. And this is what in in the before when if Jay would have walked in and started like, you know, just going, well, blah, 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 this is annoying, da, 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 and kind of like picking out things about the house that are annoying. I would have taken that as this is criticism of me that I'm not doing the right thing. Right. And then I would have spiraled into this like, I am so like, how does he, he's a jerk basically. Like right. he's a jerk. Right. He's trying to like, I can't do everything. He doesn't do any blah, 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 blah. I mean, this is like, I can hear the stuff that would have gone on in my head. I would have reacted in a like really biting back way. And then it would have been like, we're not talking to each other for the rest of the night. You right. know, it's rude. And that's, yeah. And then, then the night would be ruined. And then I'm resentful that he ruined my night when instead I'm able to go, like I, I was, I'm able to understand like the context of some of the stressors that he's feeling right now. And so right. like having that sort of connection is important. So I've got like, okay, I kind of know that this is what's going on. And then just to be able to be like, I'm not, I'm not taking the bait here. Like right. I'm not, do, you know, right. this is the boundary. And if you want to like be upset about something, that's fine. But this is like, you're not going to, I'm not going to be lured into it. And it, and then it also like made, I think him feel better because he wasn't, it wasn't escalating by me doing this big reaction. Right. And then this morning we're able to joke about it and go, how are your underwear feeling? You know, I mean, and it sort of comes full circle, but the boundary, I don't think there's been anything more important in terms of work I've done like on myself or with a therapist or anything than it, than this boundary stuff has been. Well, I think f- for exactly that reason is when you said, I'm not going to take that bait. Is yeah. if you just let it lay there, 
Yeah. That's yours. Okay. You feel all that. In my head, if it were in my, my situation, which I'm sure it happened in my lifetime, if he's complaining about something, you have to grow and learn that, okay, I sometimes just spin it, whether it was the kids complaining about something or Ian complaining about something, it yeah. probably would have been more the kids. It's like, well, then fix it. Right. But that takes a long time to get to that point. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying like I was like there. It takes a long time, but it's work that's worth doing. And I'm not there a hundred percent all the time anyway. I mean, a perfect example of that is we're renovating a bathroom and I had trouble sleeping last night. So it's like two o'clock in the morning. And Ian said to me, well, what's the timeline? Like, what else needs to be done? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm finally sleepy. And if I go down this road, I'm not going to be able to sleep. Right. And like, okay. And I just went to bed. 20 years ago, I would have probably reacted like, look, I've got so much on my plate. Yes. I've got little, little, little and then just would have, and then I'm in it. And then we're off and running. That you know, was and I would me. Have, like just what I was yeah. describing. That's exactly yeah. what you would have done too. Yes. Yeah. And so I just went to bed. He went to bed. It was fine. He was fine with that answer. You know, he was just, it It occurred to him. It was a thought that occurred to him. In the old days, I would have taken that as like, I wasn't doing enough fast enough. Right. Well, he's asking at two in the morning. Yeah. When, what is the timeline? And then you're like, now I have to like justify exactly. all the things that haven't gone according to what they were supposed to go exactly. and all the decisions that need to be made. Yes. 100%. And instead, it was just like, I, I, dude, I'm going to bed. Like we'll <laughs> talk in the morning. So when we woke up this morning, I didn't mind that it was his first question. <laughs> And I answered it, but truly 20 years ago, that probably would have ended up as a fight. Yeah. Which, which, which nobody would have wanted that. No. That wasn't his intention. It wouldn't have been my intention, but it just would have been those thoughts, my thoughts thinking, my thoughts about how he was thinking about me were fact yeah. when in fact they're not. He was just curious. He has every right to know the timeline. I just don't have to tell him at two o'clock in the morning. Jay I mean, will often say it was just, I'm just asking the question. Oh, that's I'm good. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> now, I will I will say back, like, that's okay, good. then please adjust the tone in which the <laughs> question is delivered. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I did think that that was, it's that's a good, fair, it, what happens is when I started to finally internalize that, that he's just asking the question. Right. right. I am not attaching so much of my own reaction to that question because essentially right. I think what's happening is like if he's asking a question and I'm feeling like insecure about something that I haven't gotten done because right. I feel constantly overwhelmed by my task list, which is like eight miles long at Ugh. any given moment, Ugh. I then I'm going to spiral into that and like throw that back at him. Right. Like how dare you ask me this <laughs> or how dare you even say like, I don't know. It's like, do we have any more toilet paper? Which does, does really irritate me. But I'll be like, go down to the basement and look. Like, or go I don't this, know. Go buy some. What? Yeah. Don't ask me. Go buy some. I know. All yeah. of these yeah. All of these things. I have said a lot, too, to him that I just say, I don't want to hear about a problem that you see. I want to hear about the solution that you came up with. You oh know, my God, like, I, love I would just much rather <laughs> praise him for solving the problem. Like yes. if he needs some sort of reaction from me, yeah. like I will praise you really wonderfully for solving the problem. Right. I do not want to hear about the problem unless you're like asking me for input. But if right. it's like, oh, <laughs> good, this, like I don't want to hear, oh, the garbage is full. Like yeah. come back in and go, I took the garbage out. And I'll be like, yeah, oh my gosh, do. thank you so much. That's so great. Yeah. And I said, I don't want to hear the garbage is full. 
I sometimes even get to the point where it's like, I don't know why I even, and I, I don't think about this too much anymore, but like when I was a little bit overwhelmed, why do I even have to thank you? Oh, I know. And, and I know. that sounds so kind of bitchy. Because men love but- praise. They love it. <laughs> they just do. They thrive on it. They think praise is like the best. They're praise animals. Boy, talk about like Ian saying that you're like a dog going out the car window. Right. Men are like that with like praise, with treats. Yeah. Like it's just like, good job. Great job. Thank good you so job. much. Hey, thanks for just waking up in the morning and just starting the day. It's so great. You know, as you were talking about Jay asking a question, I have come to the point in our marriage where because of my perhaps unhealthy communication style when I was younger the patterns get ingrained and it's hard to prove that you've grown. And so now when I ask a question, I have to say, there is no subtext. <laughs> I am just asking a question. Okay, that's good. Because, because, and rightly so, and I know this about myself, there would be times that I would ask a question that wasn't really just, there was not a clean question. And so I have learned to ask cleaner questions, but because of the patterns that are so deeply ingrained, I have to really sort of start the question. There's there's nothing here but a question. Yeah. Um, but this is, honestly, people, this is how hard marriage is. <laughs> I know. I know. It's Ugh. just a lot. It's really a lot of work. And <laughs> I don't think that people talk about that enough, enough that it yeah. really, it really is. I mean, it's just, it feels... Like a lot, which is why I think, I don't know, somehow, for some reason, I think that's really, it's sort of reassuring to me to like hear that and to say that. And because I think sometimes you get this idea that like, oh, like if I love this person and if we're so in love that it should be easier than this. And it's just not, not, it's just not. And it's not, it's not going to be easier. It's, you know, I think there's certain things that can definitely take the weight off. Like you need to look for opportunities to prevent resentment from building. I think that's an important oh yeah, process. And but at the same time it's like I don't know, you also just have to go it's just going to be a lot of work. And it's just that's just the way it is because this is like a partnership and a teammate situation more than it is like a la la love affair all the time. Yeah, and and definitely that is how it will be as time goes on and then once you introduce kids into the mix. And I think the the one thing that I think I hope we both model is that therapy is important. And, you know, if, if you, it's expensive, but there are lots of therapists that'll do sliding scale. And if you can find it or you can find a way to get it, or if you really can't afford it, that you do the self-work that might be available online or through books. I mean, before I really could get myself to a therapist, I honestly did a lot of work on my own. Because yeah. I was too cheap to pay for the It just well, didn't so, seem, yeah. it didn't, it didn't seem, I was so young, it didn't seem worth it. And, no, it, and it's for, hard. I mean, now you can do telehealth, Marjorie. I mean, I just said to mine the other day, I was like, there's no way that I would be doing these appointments if I had to drive right? to them. It's like, just, I would not drive a half an hour to your office and sit with you for an hour and then drive back. I, I just don't, I don't have it. I don't have the time. And it's barrier to entry. It's like working out. I mean, mm-hmm. who wants to drive a half hour to work out? Nobody. No. You know, so it's like, and I think, you know, for me too, when Ian and I were first married and trying to figure things out, we did not have a lot of money. We were actually pretty broke. And so you just, it was like, I had to find resources. I hope that that's what we model here is that it's all worth working on and that everybody needs to work. And it's, 
for obvious reasons. You, you're coming from two different families with two different communication styles. But it's amazing how once you can iron out some of those communications things, like you said, once you started working on boundaries and not taking that in and reacting, look how different that is. I know. Look how different that is. But, but you didn't have the tools. And right. so I just, I mean, the more we can stress to people, like, find the tools because life can be pretty pleasant, but it requires work. So I, I want to read you something from our fellow yeah. Nestor, David Beckham. Oh, let's do it. What else does David have to say well, the, about the, his a-hole? <laughs> <laughs> I love right. it. This is how the article ends. It said, despite their solid bond, David confessed in 2018 that their relationship is not easy. To have been married for the amount of time that we have, it's always hard work. Uh, he noted on Australia's The Project at the time, it becomes a little more complicated. Yeah. It that's, just I is. mean, they've been married since 1999. That is that is no small feat, particularly yep. with the level of fame that they have. Yep. So it just is. Do the work and it'll totally be worth it. That we Good know to be true. stuff. Oh, I love it, Marjorie. What a fun little conversation today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review. Those are very good on Apple Podcasts. So Swillis176 writes, thank you for the laughs. I was laughing so hard I could barely see straight while driving and listening to this episode where we reflected on Christmas gifting. And Elizabeth and I can so relate to having a house filled with Christmas stuff everywhere. Thank you for the laughs in these absurd times. We really need it. God bless you both. And God bless you too, Swillis. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home. The banana in the stocking, Marjorie. The banana in the stocking. Hardest I've laughed. That's all. Yes, ma'am. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Kristen here, reminding you not to do things. What I mean is, with same-day delivery for everything from gifts to groceries, you only have to do the things you want to do. To not do the other things, visit shipped.com. That's S-H-I-P-T dot com.